You're now listening to Real Talk with Ryan David. Hi, how are you? Hello. Hello. What's up with the vanilla face? How you doing? Welcome to the second episode of Real Talk with Ryan David. He is I and I am him. So my last show, my first ever episode, episode number one, was somewhat of just a rant for me, uh, kind of a test show, just to get my feet wet. And I did a little bit of a uh, my take on politics, talked about Trump, Hillary, and Bernie. Uh, this show will be a little bit more structured. A little bit more structured, a little bit more uh, specific in terms of the flow and the points that I'm going to make. The shows going forward, all my shows going forward, will pretty much have kind of a psychological theme to them. Something that relates to human behavior, psychological wellness, things like that. Um, things that are right up my alley, I'll try to tie them back into kind of my area of expertise. But like I say, today's show, a little bit more specific, uh, probably a bit shorter. Last show, I think, ran, last episode was about 40 minutes. This one's not going to be quite as long. And as my first few shows progress, uh, you'll notice a little bit of an evolution with them. You'll notice that um, the show and its parts uh, start to evolve a bit, uh, like the artwork, the intro, the open, uh, or what you may have called in the past or may have heard of or thought of or referred to as a jingle, which... It's not called anymore, evidently, according to my boy Gary Hester up in New York. Shout out to Gary Hester at GaryHesterTV.com. He schooled me on a jingle's not called a jingle, especially on a podcast or radio anymore. Just referred to as a show open. So you'll start to see some things like that. Uh, I got a little bit. You heard one today. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. So you'll see the show evolve a little bit as I, as I kind of um, experiment week to week. But I'll still put out content uh, nonetheless, regardless. Lastly, I submitted my show to iTunes. It has been approved, and it should be up on iTunes if it's not already any minute now. So starting with episode three, possibly with this one, but starting with episode three for sure, you should definitely be able to access and download my show via iTunes. So look out for that. That's really cool. Really excited about that opportunity for people to download my show from iTunes. So with today's show, I'm going to kind of speak on a couple of current events that aren't necessarily so current anymore. They're actually a couple things that took place a week or two ago. And the first thing that I wanted to speak on, remember this show is really an opportunity for me to uh, voice my my opinion, my, my point of view, my perspective on things, kind of share it with the world and, um, you know, maybe interact through email, possibly potentially have people on the show later on, but really just an opportunity for me to share uh, my voice, have a voice and, and kind of just express some things, let alone educate and inform uh, people with my area of ex- expertise. So it's things like this, like these two topics that I'm going to speak about today that are just perfect material for me to put into a podcast, kind of a conversation with myself, stream of consciousness, whoever's listening is listening, whoever has an opinion or a perspective on it, they can have it, they can share it, they can discuss it with whoever they're talking to, they can give me feedback, but the first topic of conversation or, or issue or point of, of conversation that I wanted to address had to do with Dwayne Wade. So what happened with Dwayne Wade was Evidently, and I don't watch a whole lot of news, uh, I've already made that clear. Well, I'll do my research, I'll look up some clips, I'll read a few articles, 
and I will talk to people, check social media, that kind of thing. I watch a whole lot of news so I don't get bombarded with everybody's opinion. I like just the facts. Evidently, the facts are that while the Miami Heat were playing the Toronto Raptors in the NBA playoffs, they were at a game in Toronto, which is located in Canada, and at the beginning of the game, customarily, like we do here in this country, they do their national anthem before the game, just like we do. So evidently what took place was the national anthem started while the players were on the court. Uh, the, the Canadian national anthem, I'm sorry, started while the players were on the court. And everybody stopped what they were doing and, you know, turned to face the flag or face the center of the court, like which is, you know, traditionally what's done. And so the video footage showed that everybody, you know, got to lined up and got to where they you know, need to be in traditional old situation there. And what the video showed was one individual player continued to do their pregame shoot-around during the national anthem, and that player was Dwayne Wade. Both teams, all the players from both teams were lined up and, and were, were participating, except for Dwayne Wade, literally the only player that was not lined up um, and, uh, you know, doing the thing for the national anthem. So that, 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 that took place, and so what I – kind of found out and heard about later on was the discussion about that situation. And the discussion was about whether or not, one, it was disrespectful or not, and two, whether or not it was a big deal. Now, I want to preface this by saying, first of all, Wade has since apologized, and second of all, I don't think Wade is a disrespectful person. This is nothing against him, and I don't think that anything was malicious. I don't know if there was some... You know, if it was a psychological ploy there, there was any tactics. I don't know. I don't know really what he was doing deep down, but I really don't think that he meant any any specific disrespect. And if he did, he since apologized for that water under the bridge. But what I'm going back to and what I'm going back to speak on is about the conversations that were taking place surrounding whether or not this was a big deal or whether or not it was disrespectful. First of all, hell yeah, it's a big deal. Why is it a big deal? Because if the shoe was on the other foot, there would be an outrage. I'm going to give you a scenario here. Let me give you a scenario. And I want you to be honest with yourself. If you were the one, if you were one of the ones who thought that this was not a big deal, if you were one of the ones that thought that it wasn't disrespectful, the fact that an American player wasn't honoring the national anthem for the uh, opposing country, let alone was ignoring it and kind of going through their pregame routine. If you were one of the ones who think that wasn't a big deal or wasn't disrespectful, I'm going to give you a scenario. Okay, just a, a fictitious scenario. And I really want you to just put yourself in a situation. All right. But I'm going to change sports because I think that might resonate with you a little bit more if I change sports. National anthem is the national anthem. No matter what sport, what event, what's going on, your national anthem is national anthem. Canadians have one. We have one. So I'm going to change sports for you. Let me give you an analogy. Say you're at a football game, an NFL playoff football game. And say Canada has an NFL team, the Toronto Ice Skates. So the Toronto Ice Skates are playing the Denver Broncos, in the playoffs. It's a playoff game, and everybody's lined up on the sidelines. National Anthem's about to start. Everybody's lined up. We're in Denver now, by the way. Oh, by the way, we're in Denver, so we're in America. So the American National Anthem, our National Anthem, starts up. Everybody on the sidelines, both teams, the Toronto Ice Skates, or whatever the hell I said their name was, and the Denver Broncos. National Anthem gets fired up. But there's one player from the Toronto team, the quarterback, behind the sidelines for the opposing team, and he's warming up on the sidelines. He's warming up all through the national anthem. He's warming up. Doesn't stop. You're telling me there wouldn't be an absolute outrage about that bum not stopping what he was doing 
and lining up and honoring this country's national anthem. Get out of here. It would be an outrage. But yet you have talking heads. This wasn't a big deal by Wade. It wasn't disrespectful. It's not that big a deal. They have a pregame routine. Listen, if the shoe was on the other foot, there would be an outrage. And that's what we fail to do when we look at situations like this. We're the United States. We have our national anthem. Other people have theirs, but theirs isn't quite as important as ours. Or it's just their national anthem. Or it's just Canada. Or it's just Toronto. Whatever the rationalization is. Listen, that's, those people were upset. Rightfully so, because they felt disrespected because something that they hold dear to them, something, a tradition of theirs, something that represents their country, their, their pride, was disrespected in a way that we would not tolerate or stand for either. So this isn't about Wade necessarily as much as it is people who kind of fail to put themselves in a position to understand why it might be a little bit of a big deal, actually. So put the shoe on the other foot and you tell me that if a situation was where a, a foreign player didn't acknowledge our national anthem, there wouldn't be an absolute outrage. It would be hashtag Canada sucks. That would be the most popular trending hashtag in the world for that week, the day a Canada a player from the Toronto ice skates doesn't honor our national anthem and stays throwing the football. Get out of here, man. Anyway, that's topic number one. So d Wilson's apologized and been knocked out the playoffs, so karma's a bitch, I guess. Uh, regardless, we're here. And I wanted to touch on that because it, it does speak to a double standard. Where if it's done to us, it's not okay. But if we do it to other people, meh, it's yeah, not, not that big a deal. You got to put yourself in the other person's shoes. That's a double standard and double standards are no good. Which brings me to my second topic of conversation. My second topic of conversation has to do with, is related to, or is about, I should say, the White House Correspondents' Dinner that took place about two weeks ago or so. Now, I actually watched uh, most of the end of Obama's speech, most of Obama's talk, and all of the comedians' talk uh, that went up and spoke after Obama did. And I'm glad I watched it live because now I can speak on it. So the gentleman's name is Larry Wilmore. I don't watch The Daily Show, I think it is, that he took over for Jon Stewart. I, don't, I was not familiar with Larry Wilmore. That being said, he was the comedian that was chosen to speak at the White House Correspondents' Dinner after Obama. I guess that's customary as well, kind of traditional. So this guy came up and did his bit. Obama was, he did his thing. Obama, regardless of how you feel about Obama, is a witty dude, smart dude, and he's funny. He, he did his thing. Um, so, and then this guy follows up. This guy's evidently a, a trained comedian. And so this guy does his whole spiel and, and really a lot of it was attacking the media and, and it's evident right away that this guy, he does, he gives no shits. All right. He's, he's up there to do his thing. Uh, he's gonna, not gonna, you know, hold any, hold any, pull any punches and he's gonna cross all the lines, push the envelope when it comes to who he's calling out and what he's saying, his jokes, you know, he gets to the end of his bit and the issue or the conversation about the end of his bit was his choice of words that was what the conversation was about and so before I go any further or before I discuss this matter I want to point out a few things I want to say first that in this discussion the use of any words are just for the purpose and the sake of conversation they are for informational and educational and conversational purposes. I also want to point out that when it comes to words, which this conversation is going to be about, 
Words only carry as much weight as the listener gives them. Keep that in mind because I'm going to use words. I'm going to talk about words and I'm going to talk about that weight that we give words. But I just want to be clear about the nature of this conversation, why I'm having it and what I'm talking about. So the disclaimer is really to understand the reason for the use of the words and also that words are just words. They don't mean anything until we give them weight or we give them meaning. That being said, let's take a listen to what this guy, Larry Wilmore, had to say and how he uh, exited his little comedic bit. Uh, words alone do me no justice. Um, so, Mr. President, if I'm going to keep it 100, yo, Barry, you did it, my nigga. <laughs> did it. <laughs> Thank you very much. Good night. If I'm going to keep it 100, Barry obviously being Barack Obama. So this guy whose skin is brown, so he appears to be, quote, black, said nigga on CNN, publicly televised program that is being seen globally at a dinner with the president of the United States. That's how he chose to drop the mic, basically. So... That spurred a conversation about the use of the word nigga. And the use of the word nigga is nothing new. It's used in plenty of songs. It's used in movies. It's been set on the streets for a long time. But when the word moves to the White House, or I should say when the word moves to CNN, then the conversation is going to move to your forums of convert, your forums that are CNN like. I'm not a CNN-like forum, but I do have a take on this, and I do have a view, and I do have a perspective, and I do have some insight and input that I'd like to share for what it's worth, and I want to try and hit on all angles here. So this is another example, or I should say the conversations that took place afterwards really highlighted another example of a double standard. And what I mean by that is this guy using this word And by the way, some of you all listening might not have even known that this took place. It really wasn't covered that widely, Ed, and didn't get a whole lot of press. It didn't really make shockwaves like something that Kanye or Kim would do, and it would be hanging around forever, it seems like. I just, I don't know, it just didn't really seem like it got a lot of press. And that could mean one of two things. Somebody was suppressing it and making sure it didn't get a lot of press, or two, a bunch of people really don't see it as that big of a deal. So that's really where the nature of my conversation is, stems from, from the, the take on uh, this guy, the use of this guy, is the, the fact that this guy used this word, and also um, the, the, the use of the word in general. So my take is really about the use of that word, its existence, and the collateral damage or the consequences, or I should say, the barriers that it's either creating or keeping in place when it comes to equality, when it comes to us connecting, when it comes to equal rights, acceptance. It's a double standard. And let me speak to how and where the double standard lies with the use of this word, if you didn't already know um, what the double standard is. So I I also want to be clear about something here. I'm going to distinguish and differentiate and really point out early on the difference between the, quote, N-word, nigger, and nigger, the slang, slang term that's used on the streets very often, and, and obviously the, the, the term that, that this guy used uh, at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. <laughs> this sounds crazy and absurd even saying it like that, but yeah. So 
technically two different words. I'm going to speak about the fact that obviously one is derived from the other, but I'm going to speak about the relationship between these two your these two words and the use of um, the use of the word nigga the way he used it. So double standards are a problem because they're holding us back. They're holding us back from equality. They're holding us back from connecting. And this is another example of double standards holding us back. Now, at the core of double standards, any double standard, you can find a few things. Entitlement is at the core of double standards. So it's that mentality that we want something for ourselves. We want to feel like we, whoever we is, has something that separates us or makes us different from or more special than them or from someone else. So that's the entitlement side of things where it applies for me or or I can do it or it's mine and it's not yours. So you, I can do it, but you can't. That's a double standard. Double standards also stem from a lack of empathy and perspective on an individual or a group of people's part. So there's no, there's no really no effort to shift their frame of reference to see the situation, like I said earlier, and, and from another perspective and put the shoe on the other foot. Let's take let's look at some other examples of double standards just so that you have a good idea of exactly what I'm talking about and what the discussion is and and really what it applies to and how it applies. So, how about a white man wears a shirt and tie? He's a professional. A black man wears a shirt and tie? He's trying to be white. No, he's a professional. That's a double standard. Here's another one. Man has sex with multiple women? There's no name calling, there's no problem. He's just a guy. Woman has sex with multiple men. She's a hoe. No, they're both hoes. That's a double standard. Here's another one for you. Teenage girl, 18, 19, says a guy, 35-year-old Ryan Gosling or 39-year-old Ryan Reynolds or 41-year-old Leonardo DiCaprio is sexy, is hot. She's in love with him. Everybody laughs, agrees. Nobody has a problem with it. But a 36-year-old man thinks an 18-year-old Miami Heat dancer or a 20-year-old college cheerleader is hot, and he's a creep. And God forbid he actually dates a young woman that age. Oh, no, what's wrong with him? That's a double standard. Which brings me back to Wilmore. Black dude says nigga, it's cool. White guy says it, it's offensive or inappropriate. Double standard. So why is the same word both cool and offensive? Well, it's not. Because it's not the word we're talking about. It's the interpretation of the word depending on who says it and who hears it. The rules we made up that relate to the meaning and subjective interpretation of the word are what makes the word offensive in some instances and not in others. Not the word itself. And those rules have led to a double standard. Because we're talking about the use of a word. A word that no one owns and that only has a meaning, the meaning that we give to it. And if the word has meaning when one person says it, the meaning doesn't just magically go away or not apply when someone else says it just because their skin is a different color. That's how words and definitions work. They are what they are regardless of who says them. When you start creating words, rules around words, you open the door for double standards and divisiveness. So we have a decision to make. But the issue with this double standard is that it is associated with the meaning or interpretation of a word, nigga, that is derived from an offensive, oppressive, derogatory, degrading word, nigger, no matter who says it. That word is offensive, oppressive, derogatory, and degrading. 
The undeniable issue or truth is, no matter how you spin it or slice it, those two words will be eternally linked to each other, like it or not. So we have a decision to make. Now, the arguments and stance behind the use of the word nigga is interesting, though, very interesting to me. From some articles and responses that I've read and discussions that I've had and overheard in the past about the use of that word, there seems to be the sentiment that, quote, white people can't tell black people what to say or when it's okay, and they're in no position to speak on that issue, end quote. So, first of all, I think that that stance is a very defensive one that presupposes that any white person who has an opinion about a black person saying nigga is trying to tell them what to do. I don't think that's the case at all. I think the intention is misunderstood. And as far as white people not being in a position to speak on the issue or have an opinion about the use of the word, well, I totally disagree with that. And I'll tell you why right now, at least from my standpoint, which I know is the same standpoint of many other white people today. The reason why I have an issue with the word being said, no matter who says it, has nothing to do with telling anyone else what to say. It has to do with the fact that the word perpetuates the divisiveness that still exists thanks to white folks long before my time. They were the ones that started it, yet it's still around today. It reminds everyone of what was. Now, I can't speak for all white people, but the ones that I know and myself hate the fact that white is associated with racism and with enslaving an entire race. Hate it. And that's why we have the opinion, or at least I have the opinion that I have, about a word that through association prolongs the racism. And that word being nigger, that is derived from the word nigger. Do you think the KKK has a problem with Wilmore using that word? Hell no, they don't have a problem with it. Why? Because that's exactly the old labeling and identity that they want. Well, I don't want that. That's why I have a problem with it. Now, before I say another word that starts with N, let me tell you a little bit about me and my background with that word and why I'm even comfortably uncomfortable having this conversation. So I grew up in a nice house. I was raised by an amazing mom. But the streets, I did run in the streets of Miami. Now, I wasn't from the streets per se, but I ran on the streets and I mingled and mixed it up with people on the streets. Like most streets in Miami, the only thing that matters is that you're real, that you're organic. And thanks to my mom, honestly, I was always so open-minded, I didn't have a problem being real or organic when it came to interacting with people that I met on the streets or anybody else for that matter. She was so, she promoted and condoned so much loving, so much of a loving and accepting attitude in me that that translated into whoever I met, no matter what the circumstances were or the situation was. So I was not only as real as I could be, but I genuinely supported and had the back of whoever I hung out with. So about 13, 14, I started spending genuine time with black folks, Hispanic folks, anybody else who was already using this word as a term of endearment in a sense. So it became a part of my lingo and vocabulary because it was now part of my identity because of my past and my experiences and interactions with others who own that word. So it was almost a rite of passage. And I didn't know I was impressionable. I was a young teenager and I was accepted and it was accepted as a part of my lingo. So it grew on me and it just became a part of who I was. Now, at least in Miami, nobody ever really flinched if anyone said nigga in general in the first place. It really wasn't that big of an issue. But I want to be clear about the irony here as far as me using it comfortably as a white guy. 
the reason why I was accepted the way I was is because my black friends or the people I associated who I associated with knew I had their back first if anyone else was racist towards them. Sounds crazy, but yeah, that was the case. And also that calling or implying that I was racist in any way, shape, or form was one of the most offensive things you could say and were basically fighting words to me. So being racist was taken out of the equation completely in terms of the use of the word nigga. And to be honest, if a white person uses the word today on the street, I think there's a strong majority of black folks and myself that would agree it's more corny than it is offensive. It's almost like when someone uses big words to try and sound smart, like we know what you're doing and we're not even going to waste our time getting upset or bothering with you, but you look like an idiot. Hell, to me, it's corny when a 54-year-old uses it, whether he's black or not. I mean, listen to this. Yo, Barry, you did it, my nigga. That's corny. That's the sound of a dude trying to be hip, trying to be relevant, and trying to get attention. Well, one out of three ain't bad, I guess. Anyway, the catch is this. One, it's either organic or it's not, and mostly everybody can tell the difference. But yet with this word, even then, when it is organic, people will have a problem with it just because of this color of your skin. Because there's a double standard around this word. I never forget in college, true story. I had a, 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 a dude who was a mutual friend of a group of uh, some, some best friends of mine. The majority of the, the, that group of friends, they were black. And I, I never forget that uh, it was at one, one point in time, this dude had a problem with how I was, I was 18, 19, 20 years old in college, young. I was fresh out of Miami and Pensacola. And this dude had a problem with the way that I spoke. And he didn't like the fact that I was using the word nigga. He, 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 he had an issue with it, and he decided to say something about it. Well, I decided to say something back, and what I said back was, basically, you're not going to tell me what to say and what to do, and if you are, I'm putting my hands on you, <laughs> basically. And we didn't fight. I'm not a fighter, but I was young. I was 20 years old, and I felt like, who is this dude to come and challenge my identity and tell me what to say, what not to say? He don't know me. He doesn't know my background. He doesn't know where I'm from. He doesn't know anything about me, so I'm going to just change something because he comes up to me and tells me, you know, he has a problem with it. And the catch here is the thing about it is when this dude had an issue with me and who I was and, and the way I was speaking or talking or the choice of words that I used at 20 years old, whatever it was, you know, just casually, when he had an issue with it, it was actually my friends, my black buddies that knew both of us that stepped to him and said, yo, just chill. It's not that serious. It's not that big a deal. That's Broham, that, which is me, Ryan relax, you know, and they kind of pushed him back and they almost, they literally defended me uh, for being who I was. Now, since those days, long after those days, around the age of 33, actually, with some maturity, some wisdom, some insight and new perspective, I privately decided to take nigga out of my vocabulary altogether. It was actually my New Year's resolution that year. That's how big of a deal it was. And I did that because as I started to see the bigger picture, and view things like race more broadly and globally. And again, like I said, mature and start to see things from a different perspective. I realized a few things. I realized we have a decision to make. I realized for us to turn this word into a common household word like dude, we have to collectively decide to let go completely of the negative connotation or interpretation of this word altogether. If not, that word would still strike a chord and serve as a reminder of oppression and racism and perpetuate the oppression and divide. I realized that we were far from collectively deciding to shrug off the old associations. And since I want to be an agent of change and serve as a vehicle in the movement towards true equality and abolish old ways of thinking and or seeing each other, I decided to remove that word from my vocabulary altogether. Will it help? 
Will it change? I don't know. But it's the least and the most that I can do personally as an individual. Same philosophy applies to why I don't eat meat. How can you measure or gauge how much impact one person has on a thing like racism or animal agriculture? I don't know. But I know I sleep good at night knowing that I live and I act personally in accordance with my own personal values. That's all I can do each and every day. And that's why I made the decision that I made. And I know that if any change takes place at all because of my efforts, it's a change that wouldn't have taken place without me. And I feel pretty good about that. You know, I'm reminded of a story I heard once of a man who was walking along a beach where thousands of starfish were stranded out of the water on the sand. And as he walked down the beach, he picked them up one by one and he was throwing them back in the ocean. And as he was doing this, a stranger was walking along the beach and he said to the man, hey, what the hell are you doing, man? And the man said, I'm saving their lives. And the stranger said, you're wasting your time, bro. You can't save them all. And the man bent over. He picked up another one. He threw it back in the ocean. He said, I saved that one. You know, and the moral of the story is sometimes all you can do is save one starfish at a time. It might be the most that you can do. But you first have to believe that one starfish is worthy of saving to begin with or you're going to throw your hands up and not make any effort at all. So we have a decision to make. And that decision is, A, either we collectively let go, totally let go of the associations and meanings we give to both words, nigga and nigger, and just let them be as casual and as harmless as dude, bro, and buddy are. Or B, we're going to understand that there are still many people who have strong negative emotional ties to the origin of the word, rightfully so, and out of respect for those emotions, we're all going to be considerate of them, at least publicly. I think of those two choices, the decision we need to make is pretty clear. Because at this point in history, regardless of the prevalence and common use of the word nigga, I don't think we're anywhere close to the former taking place. Which is why I have the take I have on the casual use of the word in any way, let alone at a globally televised dinner for the president of the United States. That's my show this week. Email me with your comments and feedback to podcast at theryandavid.com. Subscribe to my show. It should be up on iTunes. Follow me on YouTube. Check me out on social media. Follow me there. And hit up my website, theryandavid.com, for more content. And look out for the next episode. Until then, peace. The following podcast was produced, directed, edited, and hosted by Ryan David. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely the opinions of Ryan David. They do not necessarily reflect or represent the opinions of all white people, all men, or all aliens. Just mine. Thank you for listening. Bye, Felicia. Yo, Barry. You did it. Hey! Don't you ever say that again.